We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more again, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. Welcome to episode 22 of the Live It Full podcast. I'm Richard. I've got Caitlin in the studio with me today. And we're going to give you a little recap of the past couple of weeks of our life. A few things have been going on. We've had a, had two weddings in, yeah. in the last eight days um, and some of the experiences we had with those. And just kind of a quick update with what's been going on with our lives. So I'll let Caitlin hit it off with a few of her thoughts. Yeah, we um, we went to an out-of-state wedding uh, last weekend. And then this past weekend we did a friend's wedding. The one out of state was family. Um, and it was our first time, our first road trip with all four kids. The last time we went, uh, anywhere very far, Mia was still in utero. So, um, that was our first experience taking all four on, um, an eight plus hour trip. And they did, they did amazing. Yeah. Phenomenal. Mia was not, um, the worst behaved. We won't go near who it was, but she wasn't. Um, and Some things you think are going to get better with age that just stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. Your child's personality as a young toddler is often their personality still as a young child. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So uh, Richard married. <laughs> I keep saying Let's he married his cousin in Arkansas, but that's not true. He was the, um, I officiate, I officiated the wedding. Yes, he officiated the wedding. Um, for those of you that you don't know, I am more an ordained minister. You may call me reverend if you want to. <laughs> yeah, no, he did a really good job. It was something he had never done before. Um, and he was ordained a couple of years ago for this exact wedding for this purpose. So it was kind of nice to see it come to, um, fruition and he did a good job. I'll shamelessly. Uh, she doesn't like stroking my on ego. My, <laughs> so on my husband. Oh, I don't mind it. Um, no, he did. He did a really good job. And every time we go to a wedding, I cry. Like I can't help it. I always, always, always cry. Um, and this particular one, our girls were flower girls and our little boy was the ring bearer and he bolted. <laughs> yeah. So let me give you a little bit of, a, of, so you paint the picture a little bit. It was at a lake house on uh lake. It was Lake Hamilton, right? In hot springs. There's two or three lakes there, but I think we're on Lake Hamilton. Um, and it was downhill to the water as most lake houses are, you know, you've got yeah. a little decline. And so we were down towards the bottom by the water and Mac hauled ass down. <laughs> I mean, I thought oh, he was going to roll funny. into the water, but he pumped the brakes right when he got to me and handed me a box with rings in it and said, thanks dude. I'm hoping and praying that the videographer that they hired got really good footage of that because I mean, that's solid gold. Like he sprinted down the aisle. <laughs> Oh, the there was a solid chance he was going to roll. Yeah. I mean, so, I was concerned about it for a moment. So that was really, really sweet. Um, and then the bride uh, did not have bridesmaids standing up there with her, but the flower girls got to. So I know that my girls felt really um, special to be kind of front 
Instead she had bridesmaids. We just she, she was did. just kind of a small family intimate ceremony, right? Because it was destination, and anyway, so um, that's been going on, and it was really sweet. And then the wedding last night was really sweet, and I teared up at both. I just can't help myself. Um, so that's sort of been life lately. Um, another thing that we are doing, and Richard hinted to it last last time or a couple times ago. Um, that we are going to start doing um, apparel. And so we're going to start with a few things. Um, the main being probably T-shirts. I'm not sure. I'm thinking we might do um, sort of like maybe a racer back or, or workout type um, option at some point. I don't know if that'll be in the very first release. And what do then- they call those that we talked about? The uh, The lightweight hoodies? Is that what they are? Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not that. I, I forget the... I forget the term, um, but then also some lightweight hoodies, sort of like campfire, yeah, to wear around a campfire or something. They're, they're popular with the with the ladies. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're gonna do that, and as you guys have heard a hundred times at this point, um, our faith, family, finance, and fitness. Um, we really like freedom, but we feel like if if everything else is in line, it kind of leads to. A freedom. It kind of goes with our RV lifestyle, the the yeah. open road, the freedom of of doing that. Too. Right, so just kind it, of being one with nature and and that sort of thing. But um, so we want our shirts to be nice and um, trendy, but broad. Uh, so kind of anybody that's looking at this design won't necessarily just it doesn't scream like us or you know live it full um right up front but it's certainly a, an aspect of it so um anyway just we're kind of excited about that we had a phone call um last week with our designer and the guy that's going to be working on the shipping of the t-shirts for us i was really concerned when richard told me he brought this idea to me and um i wondered if at night after the kids went to bed, we were going to start a shipping um, business out of our dining room or something. Well, and we, we did discuss that because that is part of um, the apparel business, especially when you have a startup. Do you inventory and warehouse in, in, you know, in a location that you have, whether it be your home or an existing business um, or rent a space, which you definitely can. And there's a point where you probably grow to where you do bring it all in-house, maybe not your living room, um, but... I am fortunate enough to have a good connection. I'm actually spoke about him um, and did not mention him by name in a, in one of my Thursday thoughts. Um, But he has some successful businesses where he has subscription box services. I know Caitlin uses a similar one for women, but he does some sports oriented ones. And so he has the infrastructure in place um, to drop ship for us. So those of you that don't know what drop shipping is, it's basically where we put something on our website he manufactures it and then for a fee ships it for us. Um, it's it's pretty much the Amazon model when you look at it that way. It's a fulfillment center. Um, and we're going to be his, um, he's actually taken on several now, but we're his first customers in this new endeavor of him doing it for other people. Yeah, so it's kind of a learning experience. Yeah, he's done it for himself and it was done, he's done it very well. And he realized there was an opportunity for people like us who wanted to do something different, but didn't know how. And so he's really helped us through the learning curve. Um, and I would recommend that to anybody um, who's wanting to get into something like that. To f- Something like this, we have to make a little bit bigger of an investment up front, but we should 
make much more than we would have lost in the learning curve of having excess inventory of things that don't sell or do sell um, and designing stuff ourselves. And so we met with uh, one of his in-house designers who just wanted to get a feel for who we are and what we wanted. And he's putting things together for us and, and we'll obviously have the approval and the say on it, but it's going to be pretty cool because we'll get to hopefully he nails us and what we're trying to do. And so, but it's always a little bit scary when you're doing a new business endeavor um, in an area that you've never done before. Which brings us to... Oh, was that a segue, Caitlin? <laughs> well, I just, um, I was I was talking to my lovely husband. And um, as we're talking about this, I thought, you know, 10 years ago, this really would have freaked me out because it is sort of starting um, a new business. It's not really. It's sort of like an offset of something we've kind of already got in the works. Um, but it's it's starting something new. And so um, it would have been really scary. And it kind of is. Um, but then I got to thinking, like, how many things have we not done or not done well in the past because we're worried about what other people are going to think about it? Um, and we're, so we are a little different in that regard. Um, talking about the ego side. But so I just um, I wonder. I wonder. Um, or I was thinking about ego, just kind of the word and not that Richard and I think that we're better than anybody else and not that type of an ego, but I'm talking about the ego that kind of creeps in when you worry more about what other people think, uh, what other people think if you fail than actually failing. Like you're more worried about other people um, having some negative perception of your failure um, than actually failing. And it's like, just start the, start the thing, start the business, do the work. Um, and don't really care about what other people yeah, there's, think. There's, a- there's good and bad to ego. I mean, ego isn't inherently a bad thing. It helps drive you when you understand how that, that I feel like I am successful. Mm-hmm. Now I fail and I have my moments, but like, I have to understand at the end of the day, I've done things that most, a lot of people can't, or that we have done things that most people haven't ever tried to do. And there is an aspect to ego that's a good thing. Now, can you get an inflated ego? Is there, you know, that line between confidence and cockiness, which I have crossed many times in my life and have fallen on my face and learned the hard way. Um, But the flip side of that is you can't let your ego keep you from doing things because of your fear of failure. And that, that, I think that paralyzes a lot of new entrepreneurs or people who are entrepreneurs, like they want to, no, it's a term, Um, something that they want to do, but they're afraid to. And a lot of it is how many, and I, and we talked about this quote the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you remember it, but I think we were coming home from Arkansas, but um, I think more dreams have been killed by what will other people think yeah. than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to, you know, talk badly about our family, but they even said that to us about going into business for ourselves. Um, what, what's going to happen if you fail? I don't know. That's a really tough industry. And, um, you've never done this before. Um, there's sort of like that doubting talk and, and they don't do it to be mean. They were actually doing it because they cared about us. Right. But when they haven't done it before, like I know I'll never forget having a conversation with my grandmother and those of you who know us and who are local um, may have known my, know my grandmother before she passed away. Um, she wasn't what I would consider an, an uh, easygoing woman. 
She grew up in the depression, had to dig her own indoor plumbing as a kid. Mom left her at the hospital, raised by a grandmother, went through some really hard times, built successful businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did it. I don't want to say by herself because my granddad was a big part of that, but he was a little bit more happy go lucky. She ran the businesses and did the books and everything. Um, he was kind of the salesperson. Um, but she was tough, but I'll never forget. Like I was in college and she had a rent house that she was selling and she wouldn't sell it to me because she said, you don't want to get into rent houses. Yeah. And I'm like, but it worked out really well for you. Right. And I remember her telling me, no, you don't want to do this. And now that we have 20 something of them, I'm like, Hmm, mm-hmm. would have been nice to have started when I was 20 versus 28. That's right. That's right. But she literally told me, no, you wouldn't want to do that. If you, um, can think of an example and you weren't asked this before we started recording, but Caitlin, you know, I'm I on know. the fly. You're, you're Johnny on the spot. Um, can you think of an example in our past or your past um, that somebody might've talked you down from something or you didn't want to do something because you were so worried about what other people would think? Oh, there's a ton of things like that. Um, I mean, getting specific, maybe a little bit harder because I don't want to call people out who may be listening to this. Um, but I do remember my grandmother once same blesser. Um, but she was probably one of the most influential people in my life um, for a lot of reasons. But I remember her telling me once that I, I probably couldn't be a doctor. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with intelligence or aptitude. She was just like, I just don't think you can do it. Right. And I just remember being like, really Aren't she supposed to be encouraging. Yeah. She wasn't encouraging all the time, but I mean, even when you're talking about like, running for office or running for a, even like a board position, mm-hmm. you know, there's always that fear of what do people think when I fail. And I mean, that's hard to even overcome when you've done it before mm-hmm. um, because that is a thought process or you don't ever want to not try because of that. I think Osho, um, if you've ever read any of his writings, I mean, he says the greatest freedom in life is when you become free of caring of other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just going to be a lifelong deal that we just have to keep trying to overcome. Cause I think it's normal um, to not want to, I mean, if you're like a people pleaser um, to not want to disappoint other people, whether they're your family or your friends or not, it's just kind of like, I don't want, I don't want other people to think I'm a failure. And I think that that paralyzes a lot of people that would have started something that could have been great, but they chose not to. It does. And I think part of it isn't even how you feel about failing. Like, let's say I ran for public office. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people encourage me to do that for some reason. And I have zero desire in this point in my life to run for anything. Mm-hmm. But let's say that I did and I failed and I lost. I It would bother me. But at the end of the day, I would look at it as a stepping stone to the next time. Mm-hmm. Like the next time I run, I'm going to do it better. I'm going to never learn. I didn't, you know, I, I've always had the mindset that I don't win and lose. I either win or I learn. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you learn from it, that's a good thing. But I think where where it's a struggle is people are going to come up to you and they're going to think that you feel bad about it. Either that or they're going to feel worse about you failing than you even did. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm so sorry you didn't do that. When you're the one who's like, you know what? Like, I'll I'll get it next time. Mm -hmm. But people who don't have that mindset, they don't understand what to say to you either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, it's like I, 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 you know, I'm my Facebook and my social media is full of investors and business owners and positive people and puppies because I follow I follow investors and entrepreneurs and I follow bird dogs. Mm -hmm. So like I have a really positive social media. Maybe it's an echo chamber for that. We don't get into that right now, but like it's a mine is. And I saw that the other day of um, 
I've seen two memes this week. One was like, you never hear another investor or like somebody who's actually invested in their life and in the, you know, whatever real estate market, you know, business laugh at somebody else for investing in something. No, but you hear it from people who never have. It's like the whole Bitcoin thing right now. I don't understand crypto enough to feel like I'm going to invest, but I'm not going to call people who are doing it stupid. Because they they could be millionaires. You know what I mean? I still don't understand some of the intrinsic value of how the market caps and those kind of things work with with crypto right now. Because some of it's all pure market speculation. And you're just hoping that somebody will sell it for for what you're or you will buy yours for more than you paid for it. Now, Bitcoin and a couple others and and Ethereum may be a little bit different, but I'm not going to make fun of people for investing in it. It's not the market that I have understanding in, but there are people out there that say they're idiots. Mm hmm. But most of those people have played it safe their entire life. Yeah. And I'm I'm not super outgoing. I'm, by every definition of the word, an introvert. You're an extroverted um, introvert. I'm an extrovert. When you're introvert. comfortable in your zone, like at a party with our friends or the people we know, you're an extrovert. Yes. In a social setting that you're not comfortable. Yes. But I don't always, even if it's people I love... And I would never, ever want to hurt their feelings by saying this, but like, I don't always just want to be around people. And it's not, it's not like, sometimes I just want to be alone. And I think that's just, that's just, well, and that's one of the yin and yangs with us as I thrive on. But one of my sort of ego things, as I was thinking back to this, because it's not like I've, um, in my life before our married life ever like tried to invest or start businesses. I mean, we were babies when we got married, um, but I mean, just stupid stuff that I hope we can, I don't know if you can curtail your children from following down this path or not. I mean, maybe by giving them some sort of um, just championing their uh, accomplishments or something. But I mean, just even as stupid as like, if if you and a, and a friend are going to the gym, um, like my ego would have me saying like I did 10 minutes when I really did eight or something like on the elliptical or whatever it is, just because I I wanted to do what we had to do, but maybe I wasn't physically able and I didn't want to disappoint the other person. And I don't know if they were doing that or not, but like how stupid, how silly. Yeah. The only person you're cheating is yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And so that sort of on a, on a bigger level. But at that, at that point in that example, I was more worried about what they would think that I didn't do it than what, I was obviously because you're right. It was just hurting myself. So anyway, I think some of that silly. you get over with age. Maybe so. Well, maybe so. But, and that was, that's a silly example, but it's, well, it's a real one another, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, there's a lot of peacocks at the gym. Yeah. There's a, there was just, a I mean, I call, have you ever seen the dudes that just sit around and they're sitting there like doing five reps <laughs> and like sitting on one machine for an hour and they're on their phone taking selfies and like, yeah, no, there's, there's some I of that. They exist. Um, sort of the, the main thought um, that I wrote down about this is just you have to know why you're doing something and others pe- other people's opinions cannot be a part of the equation. Yeah. And, and I want to add and, and we'll wrap up with this is it's also the like the criticism side. Like, why do we worry about what other people say when we wouldn't take advice from them? Dabo Sweeney said that a couple years ago, and that is so true. We let other people's voices crum- like crumble away at us, like mm-hmm. tear down our souls when, number one, we wouldn't take advice from them, and they've never one day lived our life or in our shoes. And, and self-talk's important. We also have to be talking mm-hmm. to ourselves in a manner 
that is a very positive thing in real, but you have to like the most important conversation you're having with yourself every day is, is the one, the internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And there is some ego to that and telling yourself that you can do things and that you are capable of doing those things. Um, But I don't, it's, we do let other people's opinion too often get in the way of what we want to do. And it goes back to, and I did a Thursday thoughts on impossible because that's a word a big word thrown around by small men who don't know the difference that they can't change their reality. And so all of the people who broke barriers, mm-hmm. whether it was a four minute mile or flight or a heart transplant or, you know, those kind of things that we talked about, like those things were impossible, mm-hmm. but they didn't listen to the critics because had they listened to the critics, they wouldn't have been able to do it. And so their ego, they didn't let their ego get in the way of that either, though. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting deal because like Roger Bannister talks about after he ran the, he broke the four minute mile the first time he collapsed and he, uh, he jokes, he assumed he thought he was dead because all the doctors had said that it was medically, you would die if you did it. Yeah. Like you physically couldn't do it. So he, he said his first quote was, I assumed I was dead because everybody told me I was going to die. Yeah. And yeah. It, and it's a mental thing. Totally. Because after Roger Bannister broke that record, it stood for 58 days. Something that was impossible stood for 58 days before somebody broke his record. Yeah, because then they learned it was possible and they're like, well, maybe I can do this too. Yep. But so with that in mind, listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Ego isn't a bad thing. And you know, know and know why you're doing it because when others criticize you, and I said when they do, because they will. they will, um, know why you're doing it, and then so know why criticism is not important in the equation. Yeah, no, I think that that's important. Um, and and when you seriously, it's when you lose the fear of the opinion of others, you're truly free. Yeah, you, you're a free person, Sean. Like Sean Whalen says, are you free? And I can tell you could be free in every area of your life, but if you care what others think, you're not free. Right. All right. So, hey, if you uh, if you get a chance, go to the website, um, check it out. We're going to have T-shirts on it and a few accessories and apparel things pretty soon. Um, www.liveitfull.com. If you're listening to us on Apple, leave us a five-star review. Write us a review. Share us on social media. Find us on Facebook. We are at The Real Live It Full on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Twitter. And we would appreciate it. And we hope that we hope help you to continue to live it full. You, you just listened to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Live It Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Live It Full podcast.